0: Section 48 of Reviews by Oscar Wilde. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Robin Cotter. July 2007. Reviews by Oscar Wilde edited by robert ross section forty eight the poets corner three such a pseudonym for a poet as glenessa reminds us of the good old days of the Dalla Cruskins, but it would not be fair to attribute glenessa's poetry to any known school of literature either past or present whatever qualities it possesses are entirely its own Blanessa's most ambitious work, and the one that gives the title to his book, is a poetic drama about the Garden of Eden. The subject is undoubtedly interesting, but the execution can hardly be said to be quite worthy of it. Devils, on account of their inherent wickedness, may be excused for singing, Then will rally, 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 Yes, will rally, rally, oh! But such scenes as... Enter Adam. Adam, excitedly. Eve, where art thou? Eve, surprised. Oh! Adam, in astonishment. Eve, my God, she's there, beside that fatal tree. Or, enter Adam and Eve. Eve, in astonishment. Well, is not this surprising? Adam, distracted. It is seem to belong rather to the sphere of comedy than to that of serious verse. Poor Glenessa! The gods have not made him poetical, and we hope he will abandon his wooing of the muse. He is fitted not for better, but for other things. Vortigern and Rowena is a cantata about the Britons and the Danes. There is a druid priestess who sings of Cynthia, an endymion, and a chorus of jubilant Vikings, it is charmingly printed and as a libretto for music quite above the average, as truly religious people are resigned to everything, even to mediocre poetry, there is no reason at all why Madame Guyon's verses should not be popular with a large section of the community. Their editor, Mr. Dyer, has reprinted the translations Cowper made for Mr. Bull, added some versions of his own, and written a pleasing preface about this gentle seventeenth-century saint whose life was her best, indeed her only true poem. Mr. Pierce has discovered a tenth muse, and writes impassioned verses to the goddess of chess, whom he apostrophizes as Sublime Casa. Zuckertort and Steinitz are his heroes, and, as he is as melodious on mates as he is graceful on gambits. We are glad to say, however, that he has other subjects, and one of his poems beginning. Cedar-boxes deeply cut, china-bowls of quaint device, heaped with rosy leaves and spice, violets in old volumes shut, is very dainty and musical." mr Clifford Harrison is well known as the most poetic of our reciters, but as a writer himself of poetry he is not so famous. Yet his little volume in Hours of Leisure contains some charming pieces, and many of the short fourteen line poems are really pretty, though they are very defective in form. Indeed, of form mr Harrison is curiously careless. SUCH RHYMES AS CALM AND CHARM, BAYS AND PLACE, JEU AND NEW ARE QUITE DREADFUL, WHILE OPERAS AND STARS, GOTAMA AND AFAR ARE TOO BAD EVEN FOR STEINWAY HALL. THOSE WHO HAVE KEATS'S GENIUS MAY BORROW KEATS'S COCKNEYISMS, BUT FROM MINOR POETS WE HAVE A RIGHT TO EXPECT SOME REGARD TO THE ORDINARY TECHNIQUE OF VERSE. However, if Mr. Harrison has not always form, at least he has always feeling. He has a wonderful command over all the egotistic emotions, is quite conscious of the artistic value of remorse, and displays a sincere sympathy with his own moments of sadness, playing upon his moods as a young lady plays upon the piano. Now and then we come across some delicate descriptive touches, such as, The cuckoo knew its latest day had come, and told its name once more to all the hills. And whenever Mr. Harrison writes about nature, he is certainly pleasing and picturesque, but, as a rule, he is over-anxious about himself, and forgets that the personal expression of joy or sorrow is not poetry, though it may afford excellent material for a sentimental diary. The daily increasing class of readers... THAT LIKES UNINTELLIGIBLE POETRY, SHOULD STUDY IONIAL. IT IS, IN MANY WAYS, A REALLY REMARKABLE PRODUCTION, VERY FANTASTIC, VERY DARING, CROWDED WITH STRANGE METAPHOR, AND CLOUDED BY MONSTROUS IMAGERY. IT HAS A SORT OF TURBID SPLENDOR ABOUT IT, AND SHOULD THE AUTHOR SOME DAY ADD MEANING TO HIS MUSIC, HE MAY GIVE US A TRUE WORK OF ART. AT PRESENT HE HARDLY REALIZES THAT AN ARTIST SHOULD BE ARTICULATE. Seymour's Inheritance is a short novel in blank verse. On the whole, it is very harmless both in manner and matter, but we must protest against such lines as, and in the windows of his heart the blinds of happiness had been drawn down by grief. For a simile committing suicide is always a depressing spectacle." Some of the other poems are so simple and modest that we hope Mr. Ross will not carry out his threat of issuing a more pretentious volume. Pretentious volumes of poetry are very common and very worthless. Mr. Brodie's lyrics of the sea are spirited and manly, and show a certain freedom of rhythmical movement, pleasant in days of wooden verse. He is at his best, however, in his sonnets, Their architecture is not always of the finest order, but here and there one meets with lines that are graceful and felicitous. Like silver swallows on a summer morn, cutting the air with momentary wings, is pretty, and on flowers Mr. Brody writes quite charmingly. The only thoroughly bad piece in the book is the workman's song. Nothing can be said in favor of, Is there a bit of blue, boys? Is there a bit of blue? In heaven's leaden hue, boys, Tis hope's eye peeping through, For optimism of this kind Is far more dispiriting Than Schopenhauer or Hartman at their worst, Nor are there really any grounds For supposing that the British workman Enjoys third-rate poetry. End of section 48 The Poet's Corner 3